Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. Yeah, so I'm John Norgrove. I'm here with my wife, Julie Norgrove, and we're here to um, talk about some witchy stuff, do witchy things, and uh, yeah. otherwisely fight against the assholes who want to make it like worse <laughs> for no reason at all. Or a variety of reasons. For, for a variety <laughs> of reasons, yeah. So uh, before we get started today... Um, we're going to give a shout out to our patrons, which I didn't look up, but thank you for being a patron. <laughs> I'll look you up in the middle yeah. of the thing. Thank you to Alan, Miranda, Helena, Mackenzie, and Alexa. We appreciate you. You help us do what we do a little bit better every time. Yeah. Thank you very much. And um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do the thing that we're literally always talking about. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, your podcast network of choice, uh, leave us a review. That's how we know that you guys are listening. Because Otherwise, we have no idea. Podcast analytics are like looking into <laughs> just like a swirling pool of water. You're not you're not going to get a very clear image of what's actually happening. We would have a better idea <laughs> of how many people what. listen to this podcast if we used a pendulum and put it over just a series of randomly drawn numbers. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> very witchy thing. Because some things are like, there's like 10,000 listeners, and you're like, that's impossible. That doesn't even math right. Like, there's no way. And then the next thing's like, there's eight listeners, and you're like, that sounds a little bit closer to true. Yeah, so. Yeah, we know yeah. we have at least five of you, so yeah, if that's, you uh, that's the important part. Uh, YouTube video, 100%. If you would like, if you're listening and you would like to see our faces while we talk, YouTube. Um, so there's that. You can also see our seasonal altar behind us yeah, right now. We've got our Yule our altar. Our altar is up for Yule. It's got a whole bunch of little tiny towns tiny and town candles altar and stuff. And pentagram, uh, tiny trees. Yeah. And all that. So, um, yeah. But uh, if you would like to support more of this, we have a Patreon. So you can head over there. That's where you get access to the Book of Shadows pages at the, um, you know, for each one of these at the end. Yep. Uh, you get the Book of Shadows pages, which has the complete correspondence and the spells, as well as a brief of what we talked about. So I work on those. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get them all caught up, guys. One day, one of these, <laughs> one of these days. Um, yeah, we work. A, we work. Day we work. Jobs. We work day jobs, and graphic design is not something that I was technically professionally trained in. Uh, it's just something that I've yeah. been forced to learn for work and for home. And so, it found, turns out that he really enjoys I'm, it. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I'm all right with it. You know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm better at photo editing than graphic design, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that for a lot longer. Uh, but so, yeah, we have a Patreon. You can support us over on our Patreon. Uh, and we also have an Etsy shop mm -hmm. uh, called Norgrove Enterprises where uh, we sell just a like occult stuff. I just made some candles that we're inevitably going to be listing. We've got yeah. like tie dye and we've got like embroidery, embroidery floss, floss and, 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 and all kind of fun, fun stuff. Yep. So uh, head over there for that. And uh, yeah, we're uh, at Nerd Jive everywhere. She's at Goddess Jewels everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's Nerd Jive for Patreon and our website's nerdjive.com and all that kind of stuff. Links and everything are on nerdjive.com. So just go there. Yeah, just go to nerdjive.com. Uh, It'll give you all the links. You'll to figure all of it the out. It's, it's way easier that way. But anyway, let's get into it, guys. Uh, today we are talking about hidden heathenry in modern holidays. So what the fuck does that mean? Uh, well, first of all, we're. The heathenry part is not just heathenry, but also paganism. So sort of general paganism. Generic heathenry. Generic. Not, not, <laughs> ca not uppercase heathenry TM. 
Yes, yes. To make um, it more confusing. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about what are primarily Americanized holidays and some of the customs in them that tie into um, ancient heathen or pagan practices. And in some cases where people have said they are tied to those practices and they are literally not at all. Yeah. M made up ties. Made up yeah. ties. Hallucination ties. Happy Father's <laughs> Day hallucination tie. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that's a tie that you would be happy to get. A hallucination tie? A hallucination I mean, it depends tie. on how, the, how I'm hallucinating. <laughs> Why am I hallucinating this tie, right? Blow to the head? Maybe not so much. Yeah. Mycology? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What's up? So, <laughs> so we're going to get started by talking about the uh, banner holiday season. So the holiday season is the time in between November. Yeah, it is TM I don't know. and early January. And there's a whole bunch of holidays sort of mishmashed into this one. Yeah. Uh, but we're really going to be talking about the holidays for the moment that are after Thanksgiving. Um, so it's sort of that general season there. And it's considered most by most Western cultures to just be the holidays. So we're kind of um, taking that there because it's sort of like the there's holidays and holy days for various religions as well, like including Christmas. Yeah. But it's also sort of like a general holiday. Yeah, this this, this festive. Yeah, this is going to this is going to look at like Christmas, both Christian Christmas TM, like Hallmark and Coca-Cola Christmas spend money um, <laughs> and like ferocious, yeah. ferociously spend money um, as well as like all the other like what? You're going to notice a bunch of correlations that sort of coincide yeah. with other things that are that are both associated and historic, you know, historically associated with heathenry and paganry and all this kind of such. But also may or may not have like kind of just circled back around. Right. There's like the obvious like. Oh, you guys celebrate a thing this day? Come to find out. It's actually our thing that you're <laughs> celebrating this day. Right. The like standard like bait and switch like like uh uh organized religion bait and switch sort of practices but you're also going to find things that just happen to coincide sort of logically together yeah you yeah. know it's it's sort of like you know like oh why did coca-cola's like coca-cola santa claus is you know because santa claus is coca-cola red yeah, yeah. but it's like yeah i mean but like also there's a bunch of importance of like red and saint nicholas and the, so yeah, so it, yeah. you know it's sort of like you know what what is it what is it six of one half dozen of the other kind yeah. of a fucking thing <laughs> well and so some of that like take holiday... that in mind and if we miss something or you have like like what about like i heard about this holiday and this or like you guys didn't mention this like leave it in the comments below because you know, we all want to learn. And if yeah. there's something that we did not find, and by we, I mostly mean her, because I'm just here for looks, obviously, bam. But uh, <laughs> she's the one that does, like, the research and stuff. I just have, like, a weird knowledge about a, a, yeah, a yeah. bunch of movies. So, things. obviously, we can't go into everything about not only just the holiday season, but also, like, all of these other holidays. So, if there's something that you are interested in, you want to know more about, definitely yeah. hit us up. Yeah, yeah. Either and we on do the have, comments on the YouTube video, yeah. on our website, or through our social media. Um, and the, some of these things are, we're, are we are going to go into a little bit more depth in in future podcast episodes yeah. as well. Or, so. or in past podcast episodes. So like theoretically, like correlative, correlative holiday shit that connects like Samhain with Halloween. Right. We went over in our Samhain episode. Yeah. So so like, look, look, you can always look back um, back in the episode list. There's a playlist on YouTube. They're all listed on my website as well as I don't know how to use a regular podcast network. So they're there. You just have to find that, I guess. Dude, I, 
I use Apple Podcasts. I use one. I've never changed it. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how any of that shit works. All right. Well, let's get started. Yeah, let's so get started. So first of all, we're going to talk about um, the holiday season. We're kind of talking about Yule. We're kind of talking about Christmas. We're kind of talking about like even people who are like agnostic where they have a tree, but they're not necessarily doing stuff for Christmas. Yeah. Um, so decorating trees is a big thing. Obviously, um, if you're watching our video, you can see that we have several tiny trees behind yeah. us. We have a very small house, so yeah, we, we don't can't have really have like tree. an actual Christmas tree. Yeah. So every Every year we're like dad's tree. You know, dad has dad's got that like twelve foot fakey. Oh yeah, with like the like built-in lights. Dad has like the, it's like one of them fancy the lights, nice person lights nice. or trees. You're like, what's up, man? It's just he was like he was like you guys all moved out. I don't I don't want to have to work that hard. This thing you just plug it into itself and it's like. It looks nice. Even Christmas time. On it. Yeah, yeah, it's such a nice yeah. tree, dude. So oh my God. there's a lot of talk out there, especially this time of year, because today is actually Thanksgiving. So we're doing this podcast a little bit late, but real life got in the way. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, so happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, which we'll talk about Thanksgiving towards the end of this episode. So um, decorating trees and trees being a Yule thing is actually a very common thing that you hear around this time of year, especially stems from like pagan sort of things. So the, it, it's not just pagans. There were a lot of ancient cultures that held evergreen trees as well as evergreen plants in high regard and that's beyond necessarily like the christmas tree that you think of right yeah. so it's beyond the like traditional like like christmas trees are just stolen yule trees yeah that's you not know quite uh, there yeah, yeah. like that's, that's, that's also, not really a hundred percent of the yeah, truth that's also plants like ivy which is green year round or mistletoe or yeah. holly yeah. and you know what as you go for further uh, south that even includes things like palm trees which are generally green all year round so really we're talking about evergreens places. being plants that are evergreen and not just what we think of as evergreen yeah, not just like being Douglas like pines fir and firs or like but a um, where we live whatever. redwoods are also evergreens yeah. and so are bay laurel we can't put trees those in the house. Um, no, they're very large. Yeah. They're very large. In fact, our whole house is made out of one. Yeah. But that's its own thing. So, um, they're, so if you're talking about ancient cultures, um, they were they were looking at these evergreen trees and being like, "This is super rad that these trees grow like all year round." And they really are. They really sort of equated that to the power of the sun, um, keeping these trees alive. And these evergreens and in addition to that, bringing them inside and using them to decorate or to honor a specific festival or time period was associated with sun gods such as Baldur or Saturn, um, who would be Cronus in Greek, but Saturn in Roman is a different than Cronus in Greek. There are some very key differences there. Yeah. Uh, as well as Horus, if you're looking at Egyptian mythology. There are other sun gods that were tied to evergreen trees. We're not going to get into all of those now. Yeah, but, as well as like, like theoretically, okay, so I just got done reading Brahms' Cronus Krampus, like no, like no connection. But if you've not read <laughs> Brahms Krampus, the book is called Krampus. It's by the author Brahm, B-R-O-M. Read it. It's really good. It, I, we've read it every year for a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's one of the, it's like a Christmas tradition for me now to read it like around like Thanksgiving just before Christmas season. Yeah. Um, but like, so in that cramp, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of claimed and this is, it's a fictional book, but it's based on a bunch of research and whatever. Um, but you hear it a lot where the Christmas tree is associated with Balder or you hear that the Christmas tree is associated with Krampus. Um, yeah. Sneaker at time, it's associated with both, which may, just yeah. makes it whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the idea of bringing an evergreen in into the house is very like, um, like holding holding the life 
you know, from the summer season, from the summer season, yeah. like near you during theoretically like some of the worst parts of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And people would bring in bat like bringing in whole trees is a pretty modern thing. Yeah. Um, but they, people would bring in boughs or sprigs of evergreen plants into their homes and into their temples during the wintertime for decoration. Also refresh the, the air and the smell. Yeah. The house. But it, yeah, not just for their magical properties or honoring a specific God, but also for their more like, um, herbalist properties, you know, so evergreens have certain properties that sort of like repel bugs and they make the air fresh and they sort of help to cleanse things. Exactly. So there's some of that in there too. In fact, a lot of ancient practices sort of have like one foot on the magical side of the line and one foot on the like, like molecules, pra practical like properties, pra like practical side of science, lines. You yeah. know, like, oh, I'm going to sage this thing for cleansing. But it's like also because like it drives away bugs, you know, like like mites and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and, and there's there's so many things that that is like butchering an animal for a for a big party. Yeah. You know, is it a sacrifice or is it because you needed to make dinner for 50 people? Why not both? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of why not both in magic. <laughs> yeah. And like some of this too is, is like, is a little bit practical, but also aesthetic. So people first started by um, bringing the branches into the home and then it evolved into people decorating these branches. Cause if they're there, like they're already pretty, right? But why not make them more prettier? Uh, and then it eventually evolved into a tree being brought in and decorated. But the origin of the Christmas tree itself is disputed. So there are a lot of people that say, Say that it's an ancient Yule thing and ancient people would cut down trees and put them in their home. And to that point, I want to remind you, most of these people, especially in far, far Norse areas, lived in either great halls together um, where they would sort of conserve all of their resources or they lived in smaller homes. And those that lived in smaller homes, it was not uncommon for them to live in the house with animals, uh, particularly their livestock, not just dogs and cats, but also their sheep and their goats. And sometimes you'd see a cow or maybe yep. a horse. It Keep your whole on... house warm, put a cow in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, animals, yeah. you know, everything has like that sort of heat there. So, um, you know, having a whole ass tree in your house, that's a lot of room, especially if you don't have a very large house. So I find that personally, I think that that's a little, maybe not right. Boughs, sprigs, decorations. Yes. Whole oh, trees. Like a tree top. Not or something but even yeah, but even yeah. that you know like yeah now the first reference i would is, think of it more of like a centerpiece on on your table or, or on a an altar yeah not not i i i kind of don't think that it made sense that people brought in trees in the same way that we do currently mm -hmm. when you primarily when you think about like the conservative size of houses yeah you know? Yeah. And the the first references of like on paper to decorating trees actually started in the 16th century, which is the 1500s. And at that point, people were talking about decorating boughs of evergreen trees yeah. with like oranges and shoving a candle in the orange because I don't know reasons yeah. um and and you know putting other things on there but having christmas trees having an actual tree as a decoration didn't really become common as a home decoration until like the 19th century so we're looking at like victorian times and even then it was primarily a rich people thing and slowly sort of trickled down to lower classes because not only do you maybe not have room in your home for this big old tree but you may not have enough decorations for it and you may not have a way to 
keep it from turning into an incredibly horrifying fire hazard by keeping it wet or tended and it drops, you know, all, all that stuff yeah. uh, about trees, the reason why we have artificial trees today. Yeah. So that's not to say that there's anything wrong with these trees, but the next time somebody says, oh, these trees, pagan stuff, you're like, yes, but also victorious it was it was <laughs> yeah it was primarily what it represented i mean again uh, we have to think of a lot of like modern christmas traditions are um modern in their inception and they come from right? a lot I mean, of like, like look at look at like too. germanic uh practices around christmas time with regard to like the yule goat and the Yule Log and Krampus and, like, leaving your shoes with candy outside yeah. to get, like, a little gift in your shoe as opposed to the, like, definitely engineered by the people who are trying to get us to buy their stuff. Um, you need to have underneath a giant Christmas tree a buttload of boxes wrapped in colored paper what we've got gifts in. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, we all want that, right? But, like, d like... Do you, do you think a 13th century Saxon was doing that shit? Definitely like, not. Come on, man. What, what were they buying? More rocks? They you certainly got rocks, were not bitch. wrapping stuff in paper. Paper <laughs> you know, was, paper was way too valuable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's there's there's sort of like logics to all that stuff when you think about it. Yeah, well, know? and speaking of paper, the next thing that we're going to talk about is holiday cards and gift giving. So that was a nice segue. I bet you didn't even know you did that. So, um Gift giving and holiday cards, while they're kind of separate, they're sort of also similar, right? So there is this idea that um, gift giving comes from an ancient Roman festival called Saturnalia. Remember how I said earlier that Saturn was different than Cronus, even though they're sort of like the same person in, in Greek mythology? So in Roman mythology, Saturn was a far different figure than just like a dude that Zeus murdered because he was his dad and eating his siblings so saturn was sort of like a bit more of a father figure he is essentially father time so he was considered to be an old man so there's part of that that sort of ties into maybe santa claus is from saturnalia we're going to talk more about that in future podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to get too deep into that now. But Saturnalia was a Roman festival that was held in mid to late December. And during this festival, people celebrated with feasts and parties and gambling and gift giving. And it's the gift giving that we really kind of want to focus on here. So these gifts were mostly small things like candles or small figurines made of wax, um, maybe dice or toothpicks. When I read toothpicks, I was like, oh, that's really funny. Why would you give somebody toothpicks? But then I was like, well, Whoa, 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 this is like thousands of years ago. A toothpick would have been a lot harder to come by than it is now. Um, also, people would give sausages. Sausages were a very common gift then, as well yeah, as cups is, or combs. Meat is, meat meat is expensive. Meat. I mean, if somebody was value, like, man. here's a sausage and a toothpick for Christmas, I'd be pretty happy with that. Well, when you think about it, isn't that kind of what your companies give you for Christmas gifts? Those, it's just like, a box. It's just like a box with like a fucking sausage <laughs> and some cheese and a toothpick. Like I'm not hating on those. I cannot stress enough. I fucking love. Oh, they're so those good. Garbage meat and I cheese love boxes. They're so good. Right. It's so much better than like fucking C's candy. Like I don't want candy. Give me meat. Yeah, my boss gave me a one that had like a whole bunch of dried fruits in it last year, yeah. and I had to. It was so good. Very fancy. And I had to stop myself from eating too much dried fruit at once because reasons. So anyway, most of these gifts were small things, but mm. sometimes people would give more costly gifts such as writing like tablets. A big horse outside of a outside of somebody's castle? Yeah. Um, well, I mean they didn't really have castles in Rome. Uh, but like that is one of the things. So like horse. writing tablets or parrots were also common to give as gifts. I got you a parrot. <laughs> Here's a parrot. Just like, in the hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> as well as clothes. But like, this is like again thousands of years ago. Sure. It would have been uh, it would have been a like a super posh gift for yeah. like a rich person it would have been like a to fancy pair of, like, hat Yeah, uh, and gag gifts were also popular too. But here's the thing about these <sighs> gifts: is it was actually really common for the closeness of you to the person that you're giving the gift to, like as your closeness to that person um, increases, the like perceptive value of the gift from someone else's perspective would be less. So like we're married, I would give you like a silly, tiny, dumb gag gift, yep. but like Rock with a bow tie. Yeah. But like, if, like if it was like your boss, your boss would give you a much more extravagant gift and they might also actually give you money so that you could buy other people gifts as well. Hmm. Uh, because you basically had to give gifts to people. So yeah. gag gifts were super popular, especially from close friends, uh, not so much family, but definitely close friends and lovers as well. So, uh, Catullus, who was a Roman poet, he wrote that he once received a book of bad poems by the worst poet of all time from a friend. That's pretty nice. hilarious. Give your friend who's a poet a like really bad poets. book of poems. <laughs> I want to read this bad book, of, bad book of poems. Yeah. Now, in addition to giving these gifts, it was also common to give the person a short verse or poem. So when we think verses, we primarily think of more of a Christian verse kind of thing, but it's really just sort of like a short poem or yeah. like a saying or something like that. Um, so that was really common to give along with gifts. And you can really see that that's a precursor to modern greeting cards in a way, because sometimes they were like, Hey, you're awesome. I hope you have a good time basically. Yeah. Um, but some of them could have been a lot more artsy sort of as you go. Yeah. Um, well, if you paint, you paint <laughs> on it. If you can write a funny joke, you write a funny joke on it. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, sort of in a similar time frame, um, getting into this gift card or, a, you know, greeting card thing, not gift cards. <laughs> um, in ancient Egypt, people would regularly send papyrus scrolls with well wishes on them to people. This wasn't specific to a certain time of year, mind you. But, you know, if you had something happening in your life and you had a friend or a yeah, family a member well from far card. away, they're going to send you something like a get well soon card or a yeah. congratulations congratulations card yeah. or you know something along those lines so we can really definitely see that there are some ways that um ancient heathen and pagan and really just sort of non-christian practices influenced holiday cards and gift giving when you look way back it's kind of like that 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 graphic that's the monkey that goes to the human so we're kind of looking at what does the monkey look like and yeah. we are the human now regardless of the fact that, that graphics technically uh, yes, it is. But it's an easy Why are monkeys evolving into humans right now? Because that's not how evolution works, obviously. <laughs> well, you're not paying attention in third grade? Damn, son. What's up? <laughs> right? How how Horace evolved into Hallmark? Yeah. Shots fired at somebody. I don't know who. I'm not really sure who, but... <laughs> yeah. I feel like my tattoo is itching. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I have a horse tattoo. Horse is just like, none of this shit, man. <laughs> it's not wrong, but it's also not right. I don't like it. Yeah. He's not getting kickbacks. 
So one of the other ones that we're going to talk about with um, the holidays that is something that you've actually already mentioned, and that's the Yule Goat. So the Yule Goat isn't as popular as some of these other traditions that yeah. we've talked about. But the Yule Goat is still fairly popular in, in heathen and pagan communities. Yeah. You can see a lot of them for sale during this time of year. They're typically made of straw, which is sometimes different colors, and um, are put together with sort of like ribbons. So the Yule Goat itself does have a direct pagan influence to it and it's thought to be a symbol of thor's goats um ten grisnir and tan gnostir and um it actually originates even further back from thor but in our thor deep dive we kind of talk about thor being sort of like a carryover from ancient proto-indo-european practices and yeah. the proto-indo-europeans were in sort of like central and Central Europe and went all the way west into Russia and a little bit south into some of the areas bordering upon the Middle East. East? Oh, yes. East. The other way. I'm like, west into <laughs> Russia? From fucking where? <laughs> Wrong Canada? way. Canada? <laughs> Alaska? It's that thing where somebody's like, do I go left here? And you're like, right. And you're like, no, that's the wrong way. That's why you say correct. <laughs> Specificity. I talk about this all the time in language. Specificity. English um, is a bad language. You got to be way specific, guys. Trust me. And the Proto Indo Europeans were around a very, very, very long time ago. So we're looking at like AD, like 4000 to like, or BCE. Yeah, BCE, like 4,000, all the way back to like BCE 10,000. So we're talking like literally thousands of years ago. So Thor is thought to be sort of a remnant of um, practices that they had there. And his goats were the same and similar there. Mm. Um, and they had a lot of magical practices associated with goats uh, because it was a pretty common food as well. And really sort of the, the TLDR of the Yule goat is that the Proto-Indo-European practices which sort of morphed into Germanic and Norse and even Slavic magical practices were honoring not only a goat, which is a source of food, but also the grain, especially the last sheaf of grain from the year. And most of these cultures felt that this grain had magical properties. So you would take the last sheaf of grain from the harvest and you would craft it into something. Yeah. And in this case, it was a goat. But in other parts of Europe, you would craft it into other things such as dolls and wreaths and stuff like that. We talk about that a little bit more in some of our harvesty Sabbath um, episodes. Yeah. But we can see that the Yule Goat is a direct descendant there. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. And again, in the, like, like just, you know, if it's, if it's the book uh, that I just read, <laughs> um, they, they mention um, uh, that Krampus's sleigh is pulled by two goats in this book, as well as, like, in some, like, uh, woodcut, art sort of mm -hmm. stuff you see like you'll see him pulled by a goat or two goats um as opposed to like reindeer yeah um so yeah yeah tangrisnir and uh um tangnoster are are like really cool normally we actually have yule goats and we just haven't ordered them yet yeah uh we, we maybe we'll end up making online. them this year maybe we'll make them we'll probably order them that seems like a lot of work yeah, yeah, we haven't decided yet. We yeah. do need to get more hay for our but animals. But we made can I made candles. But we made candles. I made Christmas candles. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have so, to repaint like half these fucking ultra tiny Christmas houses because we have two scales of tiny town in one town. And we've decided that basically it's humans and fairies. Yeah. 
It's like a half human, half fairy town. Mostly fairies. For our, There's for more fairy buildings. Can, but yeah, we got to repaint stuff. There's only There's actually some... one human building, and it's a, a tavern. So yeah. we're living our There best is life. a tavern for the fairies, also, though, because guess what? It's the main thing that we care about. Is yeah. Drinking. Yeah. And apparently, water towers, because you're always trying to get more water towers. Yeah. We need the liquid. So we talk more about these, some of these um, aspects, as well as other things associated with Yule in our Yule podcast. So we are coming up on our anniversary here, but that would be episode number two. Yeah. So that's going way back. But also we're going to be doing a Yule episode soon yeah um, so so episode two of the podcast was like yule 101 intro to yule sort mm -hmm. of a thing and then this year we're going to do a, like a yule 102 or yeah. 202 or however and we're going to go work. deeper into some <laughs> of um those sort of things and include a brief ritual for you to use for yeah yule. yeah brief ritual we're going to talk uh, uh, in my opinion a bit more about krampus and such yeah, yeah. you know we're just going to get a little bit more a little bit more deep divey and we're going to keep doing that as the um you know, year progresses. Totally. Yeah. Right, next up. So next up in the holidays TM time frame is New Year. So during New Year's, um, New Year is definitely not a ancient pagan sort of thing, but basically every culture around the world celebrates New Year at some point in time during the year. It just sort of depends on the culture when they celebrate that New Year. So in particular, in modernized Western world, we celebrate New Year on January 1st. Um, and there are some ancient cultures that celebrate it in March and some of them that celebrated it later and some of them that celebrated it earlier. So it's kind of all over the place there. But um, we're going to talk first about resolutions. So New Year's resolutions are are one of those things similar to gift giving where it does have some ties to ancient pagan practices, but is not necessarily wholly like pick, cut and pasted from ancient pagan practices. Sure. So the Romans began each year by making promises to Janus. Uh, who was the god of beginnings and time. Janus? And Janus. J-A-N-U-S. Janus. Yeah, like the secretary. N no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a weeby jamming joke, but, you know, Janus is even funnier, so yeah, yeah. I'll allow it. So Janus was the Roman god of beginnings, time, transitions, and passages. And for the Romans, their new year began around the same time that our new year happens here so we can see that sort of similar time and the romans um they believed that the beginning of something was an omen for how the whole thing will go so that's not just the year that's also like other things that you'd be doing so if you go on a voyage the first thing that happens on that voyage if it's positive that like would foretell that the rest of your voyage would be positive and if that thing was negative then that would foretell the rest of your voyage would be negative yep. um so it was a popular custom to exchange well wishes during this time of year uh, and this practice may have actually come from the Egyptians who as we just talked about used to send papyri with uh, well wishing or well wishes on them so Hallmark gift cards yeah so eventually sort of by hook or by crook this changed into not just well wishes but promises mm -hmm. um, and it, it didn't really start with promises like I promise myself I'm gonna do something but like I promise you I'm gonna do something for you um, you know so it's kind yeah, of like like, like a weird uh, place. like proto New Year's resolutions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, something that isn't necessarily New Year's based, um, but sort of happens at all of these festivals that we've been talking out talking about throughout the year is feasting. So we know that feasting is a huge part of every single festival 
and party um, that we Feasting's have. Feasting's important for all cultures. Feasts are how you party. Yeah, yeah. Next. Now, on New Year's specifically, it's common in various regions of the world to have a feast. Uh, I think in America, we're mostly more about the party and less about the food part of it. Um, yeah, no, definitely <laughs> no. Nobody cares about the food on New Year's. I mean, like, I would argue that, like, the like second to Thanksgiving in American feast days is probably the Super Bowl. It goes like Thanksgiving, American football, Super Bowl. Yeah. Anything else that you're talking 4th about. Fourth of July. Christmas. Yeah, probably Fourth of July. Fourth. Yeah. Even the Super Bowl is bigger than the Fourth of July food That's wise. True. Super Bowl food is like its own weird, it important is. holiday is, to Americana. Like. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, who doesn't want like a fucking stadium of nachos? I definitely want a nacho stadium. <laughs> you know, nachos. nacho stadium is yeah. like my dream. Dude. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I'm not even like a huge, like I watch football. I like football. I have a football team. Like I get it. But, um, and I like play fantasy football badly, but I play fantasy football. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, dude, Super Bowl time. I'm just like, get the jerseys out. Let's, let's be a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. Big, yeah. big not nachos and hot dogs and fries. And sometimes it's just like, the two or like the two of us are like just a few people like like it's usually five, just us. Yeah, normally it's just us, but sometimes it'll be like just us or like five people. And I've made enough food for like 35 people. Yeah. And then we're eating nachos. And then we're having eat. nachos forever, which yeah, honestly, forever. It's a, that's a win. It's a win it win. is until the day where you're like, I don't want anything to do with these nachos. Um, so feasting is was and still is very common for New Year's celebrations throughout the world. And in particular, what people tend to do for feasting for New Year's is they leave out food for spirits and ancestors so they can partake of them. That's sort of a custom that we talked about. We've talked about in a few different episodes, but we talked about this fairly in depth in our Samhain episode because a, um, a silent dinner or a dumb supper is something that's common during that time of year. So basically you're looking at leaving out food for spirits and ancestors so that they have something to eat eat because it was thought that they join you back at the holidays and if you didn't set a place for them and have food for them they would be angry and they would curse you and you would have bad luck for the next year so you definitely don't want that yeah uh, but it's also about eating certain foods to help bring in prosperity and good luck so as someone who grew up in the san francisco bay area with a very like large asian population i would always celebrate lunar new year as a kid and one of the things with the lunar new year is you have a lot of food foods that are very specific that you serve that have essentially magical properties to them. You're eating certain foods for abundance. You're eating certain foods for good luck. And this isn't something that's only yeah. for Lunar New Year. This is something well, that happens yeah. all around the world. It's not just magical. I mean, anciently. it's just it's just like traditions and, and yeah. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's all that stuff. Yeah, so even in current day, it's common for um, certain areas of the world or people to bake bread and have charms inside of that. Um, it's called King's Cake. Uh, and you put little charms in there and whoever gets a charm has good luck. Or sometimes Sometimes there's more than one charm in there and um, or sometimes the charms are substituted with a bean and um, you know whatever they get they have you know like if it's a baby they're gonna have a baby or if it's a coin they're gonna get rich in the next year that sort of thing um, but also I have a king's cakes a king's cake baby charm at uh, at my desk from like four or five years ago yeah. at the brewery we had a king's cake for um, Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. Is, I, th is I think I think we had it for Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and my slice happened to have a baby in it, so I have a, a like a 
weird mutant plastic baby. Yeah, but having that is common in several parts of the world, even today in the UK, as well as in Africa, surprisingly enough. Um, but there's also other foods that you eat that remind you of things. So eating lentil soup is something that's common tradition uh, because the lentils look like coins or black eyed peas bring good luck. So Bringing some of this stuff eyes. has similarity to ancient pagan customs, but isn't necessarily an ancient pagan custom because it seems like everyone everywhere kind of did this stuff. Yeah. Um, so feast is sort of something all the time, but I wanted to hit that for New Year's because most places there's a feast for New Year's. Uh, and New Year's is also about charms for good luck. So um, in certain cultures, there are um, different sort of traditions that you either do or do not do, superstitions, if you will, for New Year's um, to bring good luck, such as not cleaning your house on New Year's Day, lest all the luck and good fortune be swept out of the house. You have to clean before or after, not during. Hmm. Um, or um, wearing red or yellow, very specifically underwear. I've for good luck. certainly fucking never heard that one. Yeah. At all. Uh, okay, so the 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 New Year's traditions like that for me, the like charm, like good luck charm traditions that I grew up with um, were that whatever you did on New Year's Day is how your year would go. Yeah. So like if you woke up and you were just like, fuck this shit, and you were like hella angry, you just woke up, <laughs> chose violence all day, you're going to have a violent year, right? Yeah. But if you like had a chill day and like had a good time, so we were, so it was always very like, we're just going to like watch TV and like have delicious food and like be hella chill all day. Yeah. So that way you have like a stress-free year sort of a thing. Um, but like, spe like char very specific charm wise was that, um, you always keep, you always have money in your wallet on new year's. Yeah. Because if you had no money in your wallet on new year's, like if you had no money on your person all day, then you would have like a poor year. And if yeah. you had money on you all day, then you would have a, a rich year. That is a tradition that I still do. Yeah. I still always That's make sure to have to the cash in my wallet. Kissing at midnight thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, totally. Otherwise it's exactly you'll have the like same. love in your life for yeah. the rest of the year or something. You gotta be like loveless. That. You gotta die alone. <laughs> mean whatever uh so parade i've never understood the kissing at midnight one that one's always kind of ridiculous to me well i think that but, one's mostly like a joyous thing but it sort yeah. of evolved into this belief that if you it's don't like kiss it's like the midnight, magic of the kiss cam sometimes look at that that's a cute couple sometimes uh it's weird you're you're focusing on the wrong two people yeah sometimes those <laughs> people are friend zone yeah um and sometimes it has nothing Tears. to do with that sometimes they're siblings which would be weird yeah. Well, there was that one. There's that like super famous gif where uh, the it's like a dude and a chick sitting next to each other and like the kiss cams like panning around at a baseball game or whatever. And it, like catches on these two. And this dude just like looks down and pulls up a sign that says it's my sister. And the kiss cam like immediately just like <laughs> fires off somewhere like these two make out. <laughs> We're so sorry. My bad. You know, yeah, as or like who, when it captures like two people, but it's like it's like me and the chick next to me, and I'm just like, no, it's it's this. You gotta go this way, and they like pan over slowly, and you're just like, oh, this is actually our relationship. You just chose the wrong, the wrong side, like the wrong couple. side yeah. of the couple. As someone who <laughs> has a sibling who's like close enough in age, but we don't look very much alike, like that's always been an awkward moment for me, where people are like, oh, you guys are together, and I'm like. You know that's my brother. Um, so anyway, um, back to New Year. So parades. And there are other holidays that parades are popular on, such as literally today, Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. But New Year's Day parades are also pretty <laughs> common, too. And um, parades have been... Parades are not 
necessarily something that is pagan, but sort of has these like weird, maybe drawn out pagan roots. But also parades have been happening pretty much everywhere. So this is another one of those sort of. Yeah, it's kind of everywhere. Yes, but no. Um, So parades have been popular since ancient times. And the oldest parades that we can find on record were solely religious observances. So people essentially marching to the temple or people from the temple going to a place. Yeah. Like we talked about in the Isis episode, you would bring her statue from the temple to the water. So that would have been a parade. Um, And then over time, they became more lighthearted. It's just a line party. That's what it is. It's just a line party. An ancient conga line, if you will. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so next up in the holidays list here, but not necessarily holidays TM, is Valentine's Day. So historically, this is the time that spring celebrations start happening, which are all about fertility and love. So that makes sense. And that definitely sort of tracks with some of the pagan things. And um, in particular, a lot of people say Valentine's Day is a remnant of a uh, ancient Greek and Roman festival called Lupercalia. Actually, I think it's a Roman festival called Lupercalia um, because that was also celebrated around the same time of year. However, this is the first of a few things that we're going to find that don't actually have pagan origins in the way that people would say that they do. So Lupercalia was an event and it was a festival that was about purity and health. It has nothing to do with connections to romantic love. If anything, it would have to do with um, familial love yeah. or a devotional type yeah, love. Yeah, filial love, familial love. Because to the to the Greeks and the Romans, there were like four different kinds of love or something. Man, I, it's been there a long time since There was a bunch of different kinds of love. But were, and, and, and they had very specific, defined, and different meanings. So romantic love um, or uh, what is romantic love called? Um Oh, I don't remember in the ancient oh, Greek shoot. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it was a different thing than what Yeah, Lupercalia exactly. Was on so about. the thing about Valentine's Day supposedly being an ancient pagan custom, people are like, oh, during Lupercalia, couples were supposed to have put their names in jars and then people were randomly chosen to have sex. Um, that just sounds like the Greeks were like, hey, what if we had a key party so, in the middle of this other party? So and the everybody thing about like, that yes. is, is. That's the first time that was mentioned was in the 13th century. And that's way, way after so ancient, ancient Roman, the 13th and century. This particular know. custom was associated with Valentine's Day, but had nothing to do with Lupercalia. Yeah. So yeah, that's just, again, that's I'm just a key party. It's, it's like it's a not Valentine's Day. Not it's pagan. not Lupercalia. It's just that somebody hung a pineapple upside uh, outside of their house. Yeah. You know yeah. Now, over time between the ancient Greek festival of Lupercalia and what we have today, and even in the 13th century, um, as the Christianization of Europe happened, they started making Valentine's Day into a love festival. My guess is because of ancient fertility celebrations being in the early and even into the late springtime. But also, like, you got to have people reproduce so that you have more people to worship your God. So yeah. there's that too. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I don't know. So, to me, Valentine's Day so, is just a fucking Hallmark holiday. You know? <laughs> me too. Yeah. Like, we what, don't what even what, celebrate what, it. What are you going to do? Buy chocolates and shit? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. get wings every Valentine's Day. Yeah. We get wings. It's not, I don't know. It's just, but we get wings absurd, all the time. That's fair. We also had so, wings like three days ago. Yeah. It's just like a pretend holiday. Yeah. Me. So Valentine's Day, not a pagan origin 
there. So um, moving on to the next holiday is St. Patrick's Day. Um, now, St. Patrick's Day is kind of a weird one, too, because this is in that like springtime where some of these things were celebrated by the ancient people for spring and rebirth and renewal. And in um, several places in Europe, this was like New Year's. So there would have been more partying. I'm, I'm going to step in and we're going to talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day TM. Just to clarify some shit. In America, St. Patrick's Day is like a weird I, like Irish party holiday. Yeah. Where it's just like, kiss me, I'm Irish. And if you're not wearing green, we get to pinch you. And you're going, you're having stouts for beers. And, you know, like that kind yeah. of a thing. Um, That's not what St. Patrick's Day is everywhere. Yes. It's like a chill boy family get together sort of holiday yes. in some places. Um, I had a buddy from North Ireland who, um, a Mason buddy, um, older gentleman who was just like American St. Patrick's Day makes no sense. And I don't know where it came from. But like for us, for like for him and his family in the area of Ireland where he lived, um, his family for St. Patrick's Day would like get together and like, you know, get together at like at whoever's house and have like a big feast. And it was it was a lot. It was honestly a lot like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like American Thanksgiving was his like Irish St. Patrick's Day. And they would like they would like do that. And, you know, he like knew some people who would like like the whole family would like, you know, hike across town together to the yeah. church and the church would have like a big service or whatever. And so like it was it was a t way totally different thing. Yeah. Right. Like I don't do like I don't do like young kid bar St. Patrick's Day. That shit's awful. There's an English pub I hate that, that we like. But there's to like go a there's a fucking we... awesome English pub in Sonoma County that we go to. And they do good food yeah. and they have good yeah. beer. Shout out to Paul. Um, yeah, if you're ever in Sonoma County, go to Toad in the Hole in Santa Rosa. It's literally the best ever. Um, so we go there. They have yeah. live music and they've got you know they've got the food and they've got pipes and you know I'll stay there like all day. Yeah. When I can. Yeah. And just like listen to music and, and hang out. And it's just like a chill hangout with friends. Yeah. You know, it's friends come and go because, you know, we just let everybody know, like, hey, we're going to be at Toad all day. And you know, people just come and go and hang out and we'll stay super late and listen to like they'll have like a bunch of different live bands and shit. Yeah. So we don't even we don't really celebrate like like pop culture St. Patrick's Day in America. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and there are some things associated with St. Patrick's Day that are sort of pagany inspired Pagan and Jason. one of those is leprechauns so leprechauns are actually a type of fairy they're typically solitary they usually dress in a top hat coat and breeches um so that looks pretty much like what we would imagine a leprechaun would look like today yeah and these leprechauns they can also be found in hoods <laughs> <laughs> or in space. Or in space, um, so that these, one time. <laughs> these leprechauns are typically thought of as being mischievous beings. And um, they have little like beards. Fairies. And they're sometimes thought to be shoemakers that have a pot of gold hidden at the end of the rainbow and that they enjoy practical jokes. Much of the sentiment goes back into more ancient times yeah. um, from a pagan standpoint there. So leprechauns kind of pagan we talk a little bit more about fairies in general in our um in in our um working with fairies podcast working with the fae podcast, uh, working with the yeah. fae but we don't talk specifically about leprechauns yeah, there we should do we should do a like like 
classifications of Faye episode. We should put that on our list. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, so then the other thing for St. Patrick's Day is shamrocks. So shamrocks are a, te technically are a three It's, it's a kind of colored plant. shake from McDonald's. It's delicious. It's not. Um, the shamrock shake is gross, so dude. So shamrocks are a three-leaved plant, which is now historically associated with the Christian Holy Trinity. That's sort of like, if you look at St. Patrick's Day, like, information they're like he talked about it being the holy trinity um but it used to be associated with the triple goddess yeah. or the triskel which is a triple spiral symbol that yeah. is very intrinsic to pagan culture now the four leaf clover thing with shamrocks i mean really that's just sort of like a genetic like oopsie oh yeah someone um, before that you has get a, you four get a, like, like seven you can even have whatever. yeah you get them more than that yeah. so really it's just that shamrocks were a sort of sacred plant and then as time went on if you found a shamrock that had more leaves than usual you'd be like wow this is really dope yeah. and that sort of turned into a um, extra lucky symbol yeah totally yeah so next up on our little holiday roller coaster is easter so easter is definitely right in the middle of that springtime pagan time talking about fertility and we're talking about the rebirth of the earth and we're celebrating essentially new year because the earth is kind of come back to life. Yeah. Um, and the most common thing that we really do on Easter is decorate eggs. Yeah, come um, for the rabbits. Yeah. Come for the eggs, stay for the rabbits. Um, so, <laughs> so Whatever. we've been decorating eggs since in, since woolly mammoths were roaming yeah. the earth. Yeah. You got um, an egg? Put some art on that. Humans have been decorating eggs for a very, very, very long time. So this isn't necessarily a pagan thing, but it is an ancient thing. And Easter happens around the time of year that chickens would start producing more eggs. So this would definitely be seen as a time of rebirth and things coming back alive. But then also, like... You've been getting very little to no eggs all winter, and all of a sudden now you've got a whole bunch of eggs. You got to yeah. do something with them, so you're gonna cook them up, and people are gonna eat them. Make a quiche. <laughs> yeah, make a quiche. Make some hard-boiled eggs. Make some deviled eggs. Make some scotch eggs. What's up, scotch make eggs? Make some scotch Shout eggs. Uh, and other traditions like the Easter Bunny, or um, just in general celebrating rebirth, like we'll talk about Zombie Jesus here, yeah. have roots in pagan traditions celebrating spring as well as the rebirth of the earth. But again, this is something that sort of happens throughout all cultures. So is this pagan kind of uh because almost every it's, ancient culture celebrates yeah, it's spring. sort of it's sort of pagan plus yeah right it's like pagan but more it's got more there's more there's more stuff attached to it and we do have a podcast episode which is episode number eight about uh, a oster ostara ostara yeah, yeah? Yep. okay yeah so you can listen to that and we have more information about that episode there all right, we're back. Yep. Back at it. Uh, Krispy Kreme, whatever. Let's talk Mothers and Fathers Day. Yes. So I sort of blended these together because there's a lot of things that kind of like um, go hand in hand. Yeah. So... There are some sources that think that these have something to do with ancient pagan or heathen practices. And first of all, there is not a one-for-one -one example of Mother's or Father's Day in ancient religions. Uh, often during festivals celebrating mother or father gods or ancestors, mother's father's ancestors would also be celebrated, but there is no link to Mother's and Father's Day. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So Mother's Day... 
There were some ancient Greek cults that worshipped Rhea or Roman cults worshipping Cybele in the springtime. That's really more of that like fertility Mother Earth kind of thing. And most heathen, heathen and pagan religions also celebrated mother goddesses. But that was usually in late winter and sometimes in spring. So again... There's not really anything there that ties those together. And similarly to Father's Day, there were father gods such as Zeus or Odin or the Dagda who were worshipped and had feast days in ancient times. Um, many of these days were during the height of summer or during the dead of winter, sort of depended on where you were and what you were doing. Uh, and... The, so none of this stuff is really tied to any sort of ancient heathen or pagan things other than like sometimes you would honor family members. Now, there was something that I saw that was kind of interesting that I wanted to talk about here. And that was that there are there are some people that believe that Father's Day and specifically giving ties for Father's Day has heathen and pagan roots. Um, so they they seem to think that Father's Day has something to do with ancient traditions where you would tie a ribbon around a goat's neck um, so that you could then later sacrifice it. Um, this is... Uh, tying a ribbon around a goat's neck like, neck like that is either a precursor to the Yule goat or a great way to mark a goat that needs to be culled because as someone who has chickens that sometimes we have to cull the chickens, if you have ones that look the same... How are you going to tell which one is which so you're getting the one that yeah. you want? Yeah. Um, these Both of these precursors would have literally nothing to do with Father's Day. Or, or modern or ties. Or modern ties at yeah. all. In fact... I did not know about any of this. This sounds ridiculous. I've never heard this. I would laugh <laughs> in somebody's mouth if they said that. I would be like, <laughs> no, it's absurd. It was, what are uh, talking about? I had never heard this, but Unless in, these people's dad is a goat. In doing research, then, I found a ton of people talking about this. And I was just like, what is happening? So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Father's Day. So that way, in case, especially if you have any like very, very religious Christian people in your life that are like, Father's Day is pagan. You can tell them actually no. Oh, um, they're trying to use it like against Father's yes. Day. Yes. Who's hating on fucking Father's Day? I don't what know. The there are people that are that? hating on Father's Day. So Mother's Day has been around That's as a dumb. holiday for a while, uh, but it's still a pretty modern invention kind of coming around at the turn of like the 19th century. So like right around 1900 or the turn of the 19th into the 20th century. So like right around the early 1900s, we started getting Father's Day. And this one lady who really liked her dad and thought her dad was an awesome guy wanted to have a day to recognize fathers for all that they did. Um, and in 1972, President Nixon signed Father's Day as uh, into being an official U.S. holiday. Mother's Day had been around for a while, and this lady, her name was Sonoma Smart Dodd. She felt it wasn't catching on quick enough. Father's Day was not catching on quick enough. So... She partnered with a group called the Associated Men's Retailer, Menswear Retailers, who later became the Father's Day Council. And they started putting a ton of marketing money into Father's Day. Uh, and in the early times, it was like very general stuff like dads like fishing, dads like 
cooking, I'm gonna barbecuing. Have to, I'm going to have to talk to Dad. Because when Dad was a kid, he would have been a kid before Father's Day was signed into law. Yes, but Father's Day would have still been celebrated a little bit, but, like, very generic. Like, Dad's like to come home and have booze. Dad's like to go out and go fishing. Mm. Yeah. You know, right, well, that sort well, of thing. Well, we're, we're going to my <laughs> sister's for Thanksgiving, so I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to my dad about pre-Father's Day, Father's Day, and yeah, see what that is. Yeah. Like, I knew this, but I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah, so going coming back to this menswear retailers, ties are a small item of menswear, and ties are also pretty inexpensive, so they're an easy buy, yeah. especially if you're giving a kid money to buy something for their parents something for yeah. father's day yeah. or if your father had to wear them frequently so yeah. you can well, see and where like that's long an gone piece. is the only black tie thing like you yeah. know a tie is that like rebel expression within the corporate you know like system yeah it's like how so, you're like it's like it's like it, ties are for business folks as teachers are or as socks are for teachers you know? I've never heard of socks for teachers. Really? Oh my god! Like every teacher I know is like has like a monstrous collection of the most artistic, like oh, beautiful, fucking weird kind of socks. Yeah, they're all like sock collectors. That's so weird. I've yeah, never it's like every one of the teachers that I know who teach like young kids, they're like, yeah, it's great. Like I get all kind of socks from my kids and shit because they know it's like fun. They're festive. You can get festive socks. You put them on well, your. Put them on your clothes. I like I like socks too. Um, so that's some interesting stuff about Mother's and Father's Day. So while this one is a less common uh, trope of being a heathen or pagan holiday. It's still out there, and that one is firmly in the no pile. Yeah. Not heathen or pagan. Uh, now, in the spirit of debunking, we're going to move on to Independence Day. <laughs> Specifically, American Independence Day. There are there may be listeners from other lands who have different Independence Days. So I mean, there are definitely really... listeners from other lands with different Independence Days. <laughs> uh, this is only for America. It's yeah. like the movie, but with less Will Smith, which honestly... Kind of makes it worse. It does make it worse. Yeah. So America's Independence Day is another one where people have said that we should not celebrate it because it has roots in heathen or pagan practices. I have fucking um, never, not even bloody once. First of all, Independence Day is like one of my favorite holidays. Uh, I One, I love American food. Yeah. Right. Two, who doesn't want to celebrate our freedom as a country by blowing up small portions of it for shits and gigs? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and three, red, white, and blue. Just everything can be red, white, and blue. I have. I love Independence Day. I love barbecuing. You're also I love very all patriotic. Of that stuff. I'm also like hyper patriotic, right? Yeah. And I love. I just. I don't know. There's something. Independence In fact, Day is like one of my favorite ones. If you're watching on YouTube, we have an American. Yeah, flag Yeah, you can that's see. You can us. see our inside the house American flag. We also have an outside the house American flag. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. technically a car American flag that I just haven't hung so on my truck. So some of these people say that America's Independence Day has pagan or heathen roots because of the date. The date was chosen because it is the date of the Declaration of Independence. What? The people that are trying to tie these to pagan things are trying to tie this to the pagan festival of midsummer um does independence day and midsummer correlate not at all in yeah. fact never right um, because midsummer always oh, okay. happens gangster i was just like june. i was like mm, i mean i guess late june is early july it's close it's close okay it's close. i get yeah. i see it's a it's a fucking reach but sure yeah. okay and then there's also so regionally also midsummer parties 
way more wild than Independence Day parties. Yeah. Different so party. So regionally inside the U.S., there are a lot of different customs that people would have for Independence Day. So feasts and having games outside and bonfires. And um, while some of these celebrations have a vaguely pagan flavor, for especially for those of you that have listened to some of our like summertime Sabbath episodes. Feasts so like games outside and bonfires <laughs> is just called a fair, dog. Are yeah, all fairs so, pagan? Like, relax, guys. So we Jesus. talk about some of these items in our Midsummer and our Lunasa episodes. Um, but these aren't tied to ancient pagan things because they don't really correlate with Independence Day. So if somebody is telling you that Independence Day has pagan roots, it doesn't. Also, no. fireworks are from China and have literally nothing to do with ancient heathen or pagan practices in yeah. case that one comes They're up as well. They're just awesome. Yeah. Independence yeah. Day is just uh, hashtag America's awesome. Yeah. 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 So moving right along. <laughs> so weird. I've never <laughs> even heard of that. I wouldn't have even guessed that. Honestly, half the fucking holidays you listed, I don't even consider real holidays. So yeah. so moving along to Halloween. Uh, most Halloween traditions do stem from older pagan yeah. and heathen beliefs. You just listened to that episode. You <laughs> yeah. know this. That episode you just happened. This. That's episode 24 on Samhain. Um, and we talk at length about these things, but I want to hit some, some key parts of Halloween um, just for any of you that may not have listened yet. Um, so Listen. trick or treating uh, is an ancient heathen and pagan custom, and it, it sort of like happens in a variety of ways. Um, and the oldest way, the oldest information that we have about trick-or-treating is that in some parts of ancient Greece, children would dress up as swallows, like the bird, and they would go door-to-door -door singing songs, and they would threaten the owner of the household mischief <laughs> if they did not give them food. That's the best. Just like some <laughs> fucking bird kids being like, some give me some like shit. Some kids like wandering around the neighborhood being me. like, caca, give me some candy. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I am so glad I'm only learning this now. I would have definitely been a piece of shit if I had known this in high school. I would have yeah. been like, everybody, we're dressing up like birds. We're just going to cacop motherfuckers until we get free candy. Yeah. Rock and roll. Now, while this is the earliest example we have of trick-or-treating, um, it was pretty common. Definitely for not the only one. <laughs> yeah. It was really common for children as well as adults to dress up and go door-to-door, -door, sometimes singing songs, sometimes in costume, asking for food and drink throughout time, particularly yeah. in heathen and pagan yeah. areas in any sort of like wintry or late fally sort of festivals i mean like wassailing is a thing and that's in mm -hmm. bloody yule so yeah and what and and what and wassailing is basically trick-or-treat for santa claus yeah, it's just wintertime trick-or-treat. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about for Halloween is costumes. So costumes and masks and special clothing have been widespread elements of spiritual and religious <laughs> practices <laughs> going back for thousands of years across all of cultures. Um, in fact, if you really want to think about it, a priest is someone who's just wearing a costume. They're sort of, yeah, he has got special like clothing. Like a churchy costume. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. special clothing. I mean, like, the specifically the, like, horror like jestery sort of like we're gonna fuck with your shit costumes you know the trick part of trick-or-treating yeah. i mean that's a little bit more modern but when you think about it the a, a lot of this sh a lot of this stuff falls into like generic a lot of festival shit right yeah like if if it's if it's festival party time you would generally have like a like a nice set of festival party clothing sort of like the Ameri like the like the modern american equivalent of like put on your sunday clothes yeah. right because like your sunday clothes are your good clothes because your church clothes you're not you're not like you get done with church you go home you change into regular clothes 
you go out and do some shit. I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna go in my church clothes, get my church clothes dirty, have to get yelled at by my parents or some shit like that. That's a high risk move. Yeah. So I'm in a way, those are like costumes. Yeah. Or like, exactly. If you think about weddings, and don't worry, guys, we will have an episode on wait, weddings and hand fastings. Oh my um, god, yeah, it's gonna be so long. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, like if you think about it, like especially from like a female perspective, like the bride's dress is sort of a costume because you're wearing a big fancy thing that honestly, when are you gonna wear that again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of examples examples of using mm. costumes and special clothing for as well as for masks. crying and drinking on the floor. That is that yeah. is what it is. If you're called. in a movie crying and drinking on the floor in your wedding dress, it's classic. Yeah. I don't know what emotion that's supposed yeah. to be, but like whatever. <laughs> They're like, what is this a sad moment? I'm going to put on my old wedding dress, yeah. cry and drink on the floor. Specific to Samhain and Hollywood. like Halloween it being the modern uh, version of that. Costumes were worn during this as well as some other ancient Celtic festivals to disguise the wearer thereby protecting them from harmful spirits um, during the, the evening times. Yeah, yeah. So the ghosts can't get you. When the ghosts are like, ah! And you're like, nah, I'm not a person. I'm a And so they don't werewolf. follow you home. So don't worry yeah. about it. I'm doing werewolf shit, and the ghosts are like gangster. So then you're safe. Yeah, so we talk about more of all this <laughs> stuff in the, in the Samhain episode, too. So yeah. if you're interested in that, definitely check that out. Um, and now we're around the wheel of the American holiday year, and we are back at Thanksgiving, yeah. which is today. Which is actually today. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, after we're done we're here, this done, we're going to go, gonna go to, to family we, we and get time. some dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, Thanksgiving, things get complicated, especially when you look at North America um, because of the way that Native Americans have been historically treated here. Um, so we're not going to be talking about and that And the, here. like, psycho myths around yeah. Thanksgiving. The, yeah. like, shit that, we I don't are... know about you, I was taught in, I, I was in grade school in the 90s, um, and the shit that I learned about Thanksgiving was a lie. Not even like a oh, little. It was yeah, like it was yeah, like yeah. hard fast lies. They're like, hey, you're like, what's Thanksgiving? And they're like, I'm just gonna make shit up on the fly. Hundred percent no truth. Yeah, and I was right. in grade school in the '80s, and it was definitely <laughs> like that too. So we are not going to be talking about. No, we're that not talking about here. that part of Thanksgiving. Um, Maybe future episode. We are we going to that. talk about some of the things about Thanksgiving and the elements of them, but yeah. not that stuff. So like feasting. This obviously. is not the. This is not the day that we get into. Every holiday has feasting. That. Yeah. So the idea of celebrating for the harvest specifically is what Thanksgiving is, and it does have pagan and heathen roots, although they are kind of everywhere also this is so, so this is one it's of those super like, universal here, harvest but also festival everywhere. Yeah, yeah totally um festivals that that thank that thank in general or are grateful in general for the year's harvest exist in almost every culture in the world we've talked about more of this stuff during our um our harvest episodes which are lunasa that's episode 17 mabon um episode 21 and Samhain episode 24 as well as we talk about this stuff in modern odinism in episode 25 so um thanksgiving is really originally a day that is celebrated to give thanks for the harvest and the community, as well as to bless the harvest for the coming year. As time has gone on, it has had less of the blessing for the coming year and all of that other stuff, and then become uh, commercialized, really, yeah. essentially. Well, it's less about the blessing and more about the thanking, right? So, like, modern American Thanksgiving, what are you taught? You're taught to, like, give thanks for the things that you have, right? And yeah. that, and from a, from a practical ancient standpoint, that's 50% of the equation, right? Part of it is giving thanks for the harvest that you have mm -hmm. that should be good enough so that way you don't die during the cold, dark, sad times, right? But then it's also used for, like 
for for like so it's, that's the thanking part and then there's the blessing part which is like blessings for next year's harvest that it's also dope so that way like you also make it through the winter and continue to yeah. s- stay and not a corpse exactly so in this respect of the thankfulness and sort of the idea originally behind thanksgiving it's very much like any and all of the harvest festivals so lunasa fraseblot mabon winterfied uh, salmon, salmon, salmon. <laughs> wow. I was like, where the fuck are you reading salmon? I want that? some salmon, man. Let's get, yeah. some, I didn't even think about that, but like, let's get some salmon. Um, uh, so salmon, vertanatir and disablot, um, are some very like specific examples of pagan and heathen harvest festivals. So we talk more about ways to celebrate for those harvest festivals in their respective podcast episodes. Okay. Um, nerdjive.com. Yeah, Um, so you can definitely hear about that there. Um, But one thing that's really common for Thanksgiving in terms of symbolism um, is the cornucopia. So the cornucopia is a basket that is shaped like a horn, and it is a symbol of abundance, and it's typically tied to the harvest time and has been um, since ancient Greek time. And in fact, the word itself means horn of abundance in Latin. Um, This... The symbol of the cornucopia is typically associated with deities that have to do with abundance and harvest and wealth or luck. So you see um, like ties in art for for that stuff, especially in ancient Greece, because it seems like um, the cornucopia is a fairly um, European thing, like Greek uh, and stuff. So yeah, um, other cultures also used basket imagery for abundance, but the horn different shape basket. Yeah, the horn shape very specifically stems from ancient Greek sources. So um, some ancient gods that are Greek that have ties to the cornucopia in terms of like either their mythos or in their iconography is Zeus, Hercules, Demeter, Hades, Fortuna, as well as others. Like Aphrodite is um, a common symbol that she has in one of her personas is a cornucopia. Um, Cornucopacious. Cornucopacious. Yeah. Yeah. Being of having a cornucopia. I don't I don't know. I'm pretty certain I'm close to using the right bullshit English, so whatever. Yeah, so cornucopia, horn of abundance, is definitely something that has sort of pagan roots to it. But Honestly, I feel like cornucopia is way hotter in the 90s than today, They right? were huge. Like, well, as a kid, we were always doing cornucopia projects, and now I'm like, where, you don't see them in the stores? Like, I feel like, I, feel, I don't, like, what, maybe I'm wrong, maybe in your neck of the woods, cornucopias are hot still. But uh, you used let to see me know. Cornucopia baskets I, and stuff. Yeah, too? I feel like cornucopias are one. like not hot anymore or something, I, which I don't get. Honestly, I think cornucopias are dope. And I would love to get like a really nice, like a nice big cornucopia so yeah. we can use for like altar space during harvest festivals and shit like that. Like, I would love, like, I feel like as a kid, they were like everybody had just like a cornucopia bat, like a basket. Yeah, and Martha Stewart has like a thing where you can like bake a cornucopia for like bread. Oh, two. shit. I don't know about that. All right. Well, that's gangster. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We could totally try something like that. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, man. Yeah. So those are the holidays. Yeah. So we found um, that some holidays definitely had pagan roots. Some some of the customs, that is. And some holidays did not at all have pagan yeah. roots. Yeah. But really, it seems like most of these holidays have some sort of similarity to or tie to pagan roots. But when we say that, 
that also means that like a lot of other cultures have these ties too. Yeah. So you can kind of think about like the shared human experience. So during during holidays, especially those that people are like, ah, you can't celebrate it because it's this or because it's that. Um, you know, think about that stuff because there is there are things that are directly tied to a specific tradition, um, but there are also things that are sort of similar throughout the world. And yeah. there's really no sense in gatekeeping that stuff when you can look, you know, in, in another country or another religious um, tradition and find that similar stuff there. So yeah. it's really a more of a reminder of how as humans, we're all more the same than we are different. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the TLDR on this is that uh, if you hear about something, fucking take it with a grain of salt, right? Oh, this is, this Independence Day has some sort of, American Independence Day, 4th of July, got some sort of pagan significance. Like, that that doesn't make any damn sense. Come on, we know better than that. Yeah. Um, so, like, take it with a grain of salt, do your research, look it up, don't just take it at, at, at face value. But also, I think the thing to take away from this is that no matter what your practice is and who you are and how you celebrate it, if you're trying to take a holiday, a modern Americanized version of a holiday, and you're trying to practice whatever your particular bend of ancients, ancient thing and celebration is, you know, it's there. It's going to take some research, of course. It's going to take some 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 digging. You're going to have to, you know, like, you know, kind of uh, sift the the wheat from the chaff on that one. But um but like every holiday you can sort of celebrate in a more traditional way if you so choose, right? We're not doing nothing. I mean, like 4th of July, we don't do nothing. That's crazy. It's 4th of July, right? But like for Christmas, we do Christmas stuff and Yule stuff. For yeah. Thanksgiving, we do Thanksgiving stuff and just Thanksgiving. Uh, when, for Halloween, we mostly do Samhain stuff, but we're also not going to be like, no candy for kids, only yeah. whatever. And like, during the holidays, we crazy, also man. do a little bit of like Hanukkah stuff because we, yeah. my mom married a Jewish man. Yeah, so, yeah. so we kind of do like, a little bit of all, little of, bit of, it, of all of it, you know? And, and I think that that's, I think... The benefit of looking at this, one, the simplicity of looking at this from the American perspective is because we're American, duh, that's obvious, there we go, bam. Okay, but more importantly, right, it's that idea that like, so I was raised with the belief that America is the great melting pot of all culture. Um, 2020 and 2021 have proven that maybe it's not as melty. We need some emulsification. We need some emulsification. We need somebody to, the to the scrape off Guys, these burn we, bits on the can side. We, can we stir the pot and just like kind of re-emulsify this old ass cheese sauce? But um, yeah. uh, but still, right? It's that thing where it's like you know, do your research, find the things that you like, practice the things that you like. You know, if you're if you're out of the if you're out of the witchy closet, for lack of better words, then you can have. You know, you like we do Christmas Day, like Christmas Day stuff, but we also have like a Yule celebration with our friends and family. And like we do Halloween Day stuff, but we also have like a Samhain celebration. So like you can you can sort of participate in all of it. Um, you know, we have a, an episode on toxic Internet witchcraft. But if you were trying to do a thing, if you are trying to make Thanksgiving and you took a picture on Instagram and your centerpiece is a cornucopia and some bloody ass hat wants to tell you how that cornucopia some bullshit fucking ignore the haters bro yeah. right like this is there's no gatekeeping that's dumb right that's antithetical to like the furtherment of like betterness and knowledge for the yeah. rest of us yeah so don't do that shit um but yeah like i th i think that like using looking at it from an american perspective i, I think that it's very like let's 
find the things that we like, find the things that fit with us, find the things that fit with our practices and our beliefs and our faiths and all that, and then work with them together. And you know what? Like my family, we have a, a, a significant mix of um, practice, for lack of better words, and religion, and we just all celebrate all of it. Why not just do all of it, right? So just be chill and, and do some research, but also like make sure that that shit makes sense, guys. Yeah. Now, yeah. one thing we haven't talked about with the holidays yet is that especially during the like holidays TM time frame from like Thanksgiving through New Year's, it can maybe not be as fun of a time for some people um, and particularly getting together with family can be really difficult. So um, there are some ways that you can use magic to sort of help you support that. But uh, the big caveat here is do not use any sort of magical stuff as a stopgap for actual mental health. Yeah. Um, if you need assistance with that, yeah, definitely talk to a professional. Yeah. But our spells today are really geared towards helping you get through maybe some of those trickier parts of the holidays. So the sure. first spell that we have is a... Little a, in, the, in the witchy closet -y. Yeah, yeah. These are actually great for anybody that's in the closet. Of course, if you're not in the closet, these are great for you too. But um, these are specifically written with people in mind who don't have the ability really to do that so if you're feeling like you need a bit of protection or shielding um you can enchant an item to carry with you so we're going to talk about a protection bubble enchantment spell and you can use this on pretty much anything you want to carry with you it can be a rock you like it could be a piece of jewelry or an item of clothing it could be lipstick it could be whatever you want sky's yeah. the limit here yeah. And this spell should be done before you leave your space. And yeah. if you need to, you could do this and in a bathroom. Before we get into these spells, uh we these we wrote these. These are ours. They yeah. they're not we're not claiming their connection to some sort of tradition. Uh this is just the spells that we write. All of the spells we write are simply our spells based on our practice and our understandings and our knowledge. Um so again, like everything you should be doing on the internet, take it with a grain of salt. Oh my god, I shouldn't have to say that. Yeah. But yeah. like definitely take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, so just wanted to get that out there beforehand. <laughs> yeah. So um really for the spell, all you need is the item you want to enchant. But if you want to make this a little more fancy by incorporating like blessed water or moon water or sun water, or by like lighting a candle or doing some sort of other ritual, you can do that also. But it is un necessary for this particular spell. So what you're going to do is you're going to place the item in your space. So the thing you want to enchant, put that in your space somewhere. If you've got an altar, you can put it there. If it's too big for an altar, put it somewhere else. Um, but don't have it on you yet. Um, so place the item in your space and clear your mind. And then focus on the item and think about how you'll be carrying it with you. Imagine yourself carrying it or wearing it. So if it's a rock, imagine it being in your pocket. If it's a if it's a necklace, imagine yourself wearing it. If it's a, a particular like shirt you like, imagine yourself wearing that shirt. If it's a lightsaber, imagine wielding it. Yeah, Let you can do this with a lightsaber too. I don't see a problem with that. So <laughs> now imagine this item has a bubble around it that encompasses your entire body. Yeah. So you've got like a little bubble around yeah. you. Like a Michael bubble. Like a, well, maybe not a micro bubble. Michael bubble. A Michael bubble. Yeah. Okay. Like, like Michael Bublé. Oh my God. She got it, guys. Don't worry about it. It was a stretch. It was a, so it was a soft joke. I'm sorry. I thought you were Damn. making a Star Trek joke. No. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> I, I was just like, Michael, Michael This Berna? nerd's making a Star Trek joke. Bam. Jeez. Um, so <laughs> this bubble. Check out our, check out our YouTube channel. <laughs> For fucking Trek Jive, our Star Trek reviews. They come out every week when I'm sort not of. inundated with work. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, imagine that this item has a bubble around around it that encompasses your entire body. And this bubble is filled with white light. And it either incinerates or repels anything negative. So no badness getting into this bubble. Bounce it off or, you know, burn it. Bounce burn it or burn death. it. However you want to do that. Just mentally burn it. Don't physically burn it. Drinking game. Be safe with fire. Yeah, be fire anyway. safe. <laughs> Anyway, um, now that you're sort of, you've got this imagery in your head, um, you're going to be like imagining this bubble encompassing you. If it helps, imagine yourself walking like a badass with like, you know, the explosion behind you and you've got the thing and you've got the bubble, right? Yeah. So um, place your hands on the item and say aloud what you would like it to protect you from. Is there like a toxic person that'll be at a holiday gathering that you want their <laughs> yeah, protection right? from? Yeah. Do you want... Don't let Uncle So-and-So talk to me. I don't have patience for that son of a bitch. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do you want any snarky comments to bounce off of this shield and disappear? Yeah. Don't um, let them judge that I dress like a weird mountain wizard. Yeah, yeah. Those sons of bitches. Do you not want negative energy? Feel like I should have been doing you? this. Damn, bro. <laughs> um, say this is only a suggested list so obviously you can do whatever you want with it so say any or all of the things that you want it to protect you from you can say this aloud or you can yeah. say this in your mind place cranberry um, sauce with chunks in it that shit's gross sweet potatoes that shit's also gross you're wrong it's okay I'm not um, so, it's impossible <laughs> I'm always right so once you've done this, you're basically done. Now you can yeah. sort of like go along your way. So as Finn. an example, besides besides his example of stuff that you want, <laughs> I was you could say like, I enchant this sweater to to protect me from negativity. It protects me from Karen's snarky comments. I don't know a Karen. If you're a Karen and you're not mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, every time I wear it, I <laughs> feel Karens amazing. Did that to you, not us. And bad energy bounces off of me. So, yeah. you know, you can see the difference between us making sort of silly ways to say this, um, and you can say it however you want. Yeah. There's no specific thing you have to say. Really, what you're doing is. You can is make it big and grand. You can joke about it. You know, I mean, it just depends on what your coping mechanism is. Yeah, it's Mine however. Is comedy, clearly. However, you so, want handle that yeah yeah so that is the uh, the protection bubble enchantment spell yeah. and you can do this with things that are not necessarily holiday there but i will tell you that if you do this with something and you have a particular holiday gathering that you're kind of like low-key dreading for whatever reason um it's this can definitely help you yeah. it's like a worry stone yeah Exactly, exactly. So the next spell that we have is actually a kitchen witchy spell. Um, yay! <laughs> and this one is the Sweet Celebration Cocktail. So with this spell, as with many spells and the one we just talked about, there's a lot of room for making changes here. So um, I'm going to talk about those first, and then we're going to talk about the things that are sort of like specifically geared towards this spell. So first, choose, a, um, choose an alcohol of your choice gin vodka rum tequila blanco all those work well you kind of want a lighter color if you can get away with it but if all you have is like dark rum that's okay too yeah it's just gonna make the drink look a little less appetizing yeah yeah so it's just gonna be whatever color yeah. you you know whatever 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 alcohol you want to drink yeah, we made and ours last night with vodka yes yes because it was the uh, other thing we had we're out of gin 
which is absurd, but it is it absurd. I yeah. drink a lot of gin, so it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so the next item is ginger ale and ginger ale would be used to strengthen the spell if you use ginger ale, but this makes it a very, very sweet drink. And if you're not a sweet drink person, I recommend that instead of ginger ale, you go with a, um, like a sparkling soda water or you could use a, a champagne, a ginger beer, a strong ginger taste yeah. or like a light ginger ale. Um, yeah. So you know. if you're not into ginger ale, do something else. This is this is sort of like an optional spell ingredient. Yeah. Here. The ginger just adds strength. Yeah. Gusto. Yeah. Gusto. Um, so here are the other items. So St. Germain. This is a liquor that is uh, flavored with elderflowers. And St. Germain elderflower is for blessings and love. And also St. Germain has a beautiful bottle so you can save that bottle and use that for fancy water for you later so it's kind yeah. of like a two-in-one yeah we um, save a lot of bottles we we definitely do <laughs> yeah i drink so, a lot of alcohol so, so elderflower is saint germain and that's for blessings and love and then next we have orange juice for joy and abundance although really any citrus juice works here they kind of all have that similar thing so if you only have grapefruit joy and that's fine if you only have blood orange that's weird but that's fine uh if you only have lemon juice that sure go ahead like, like gin and grapefruit in saint germain probably be fucking tasty man now that i'm thinking about so would it. lemon yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also, if you have lime, that's fine too. So any yeah. citrus, really. But orange juice is what we went with. It's probably the easiest you can find. So orange yeah. juice for joy and abundance. And now that is it for the drink itself. <laughs> juice, not a juice. Because <laughs> juice has juice in it. Yeah. Yeah. So for garnish, you're going to use crushed rose petals for friendship. Obviously, if that's not easy for you to get, don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, but or if they you're just look... like, I don't want any friends. I, I got enough friends. <laughs> Don't yeah. Um, so crushed rose petals as a garnish uh, for friendship and a sprig of rosemary for banishing negativity as a garnish. As well as kind of genuinely mellowing out all of the like sweet flower, all the like sweet floral notes. Um, rosemary is, is a good one. And um, you can add rosemary in a bunch of different ways. I'm going to recommend not powdered rosemary from your. Um, spice rack. Also, make it on a on a stick. Have the yeah, rosemary yeah. be have intact. It, ha, have it be on a stick. That's going to be the best. Although theoretically, if you have a uh, if you have a shaker and you put this all of this in a you shaker, you could do all this. You, in could, a shaker. you could shake this up and then pour it, double strain it through the shaker and then into just like a little basin strainer, and yeah. that'll catch the powder. Um, and it'll and, be and enough the, the of a little taste. Bits, and that, that way it won't have to sit in there. Even though this is technically a garnish on top, it does add a, a bunch of complexity to the flavor of the drink. Yeah. So um, take that into consideration based on the ingredients you have and access of the things that you have. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So this is kind of like a fun celebration cocktail. It's got some ingredients that are kind of like, ooh, fancy, but without being over the top fancy. So if you're going to be hosting a party or if you are going to a party, you could bring um, the, All the ingredients for this if you're just by yourself at home and you want to just have like a little bit of a pick-me-up that's also a great time for this this is a super super great like holiday new year type of cocktail um so into the magic side of things so as you add each ingredient to this drink you would sort of take it and pour the stuff in a tall glass right but you could put in a shaker you put it in a fancy glass i I would do this i would do this over ice i think that it benefits from being chilled um, so I would do it over, I would either do it over ice in a, um, in like a, in like a cocktail cup, 
you know, like a like a mixed glass. Yeah. Um, you could do it in a pint glass. We did them in like tall fancy glasses. Um, or put do this into your shaker and then sh- and then shake yeah. it and pour it out if you wanted to do it straight. So there's kind of two yeah. ways to serve also this. Also, a martini glass or um, a champagne glass would work for this too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you've really got like tons of you know a plastic solo cup we're not going to judge um <laughs> so as you add each ingredient say aloud its name and purpose so orange juice for joy and abundance or you know rose petals for friendship now keep in mind you can say this aloud either with your mouth or in your mind palace um so if you are in not in a place where Just you hallucinated really into your that. space castle <laughs> yeah so if you're not really in a place where you can like say this stuff out loud just like think about it as yeah. you do it um while folks Focusing on the intention of the thing. So to make this drink, you're going to pour one ounce of St. Germain and two ounces of orange juice into a tall glass or into a shaker cup. Um, You're going to fill that with ginger ale and then add liquor uh, as desired to your strength um, that you want. Remember, the liquor is sort of like an optional thing. If you want this to be a little more virgin, you don't have to add that at all. Yeah. Um, St. Germain is a liquor, so this is not an entirely virgin drink. Uh, and then once you have poured everything in or shaken it and poured it in, you can now garnish with a sprig of rosemary and sprinkle crushed rose petals on top. Um, it's a very pretty, very festive sort of looking drink. And um, an optional thing that you can do is you can also pair this with bread and salt bread is for abundance and salt is for protection if you're going to somebody's party you're trying to think of a hostess gift to bring or something like that then um you would you could bring that too yeah all right weird that light just went out yeah (laughs) those those batteries last so long so i guess they wasn't fully charged that's on me it's okay (laughs) so now that we're in the shadow times power went out at first and i was like you're like not like this Uh, so I have to bake stuff in the oven. That's fine. We're gonna bake it not in the oven. Oh man. Uh, okay. So you know what? Uh, the light told us that it's time to be done. And yeah. if you're listening to this, then nothing has changed for you, and we're just crazy. But for those of you who can't but see, but for those of you who are watching half us, half of our lights just fifty percent of the brightness in this house went down. <laughs> we'll see what happens when I edit this video. Um, so yeah, uh, that was whatever this is. Modern, hidden heathenry in modern holidays. Hidden heathenry in modern holidays. I knew we had a fancy way of saying that. I couldn't think of what it was. <laughs> um, I've been drinking. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not driving anywhere. She is. So next, uh, our next episode is our one year anniversary. Woo! So uh, yeah, jazz hands. So that we're gonna host that Sunday, um, December fifth. So 12.5 at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You and have to that's going to be a live stream. Yeah, you have We're to do the math be... on that. I don't I don't know how to do that for time-wise. But so it's 4 p.m. PST, some nonsense EST. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so definitely we're going to do a live that. stream Q&A. We would love yeah. to see you there. Yeah. Please, Please find submit a space questions. To you can submit can questions ahead of time. Questions. Or you could just jump into the live chat and, and submit those questions. So we're this is we're going to live stream this on YouTube. So this is going to be on our YouTube channel, which is uh, Nerd Jive on YouTube. Uh, and then after we're done with it, we'll export it and I'll somehow find a way to turn it into a into an actual sound thing. I don't know how to do any of this yet. So that's my project over the next not very many days. So, um, yeah. And then yeah. after the one year anniversary, um, we're going to be doing a Yule episode. Yeah. Another so we'll Yule. have a Yule episode after that. Uh, but so yeah, definitely if you, um, if you're not going to be able to make it, 
on Sunday at 4 p.m., Sunday the 5th of December at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, for our live stream. You can submit the questions beforehand. If not, uh, join us in the live stream. We're going to be hanging out. Uh, it's not going to be super, it, like, uh, it's not like we don't have, like, a set, like, schedule of how we're going to do it. It's just going to sort of be like a hangout, chill sort of yeah. sort of time, you know? Yeah, and if you've got a question that you want to ask, um then you're not sure if you're going to be able to make it, definitely hit us up yeah. and social you media can comment that question website, on that. this um, on this YouTube video. Yeah. You can send Honestly. us a message through our social media. You can comment on any of the YouTube videos. Yeah. I see all the I see all the comments. I read all of them. Yeah. So you can go just, to our website and, and shoot us an email through the contact us. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, have we definitely all that. yeah we definitely want to hear yeah, from you. We have you guys. all that. Uh, we also because it is Thanksgiving we have a sale on our Etsy shops. Right now we're doing twenty percent off through December 3rd on our Etsy shop. Yep. So uh, if you're looking at that, uh, go get that stuff. It's, it's cool looking. It's awesome. I, I enjoy making the stuff that we sell on our Etsy shop. So yeah. check that stuff and out. Let me know what you think. if you get something from the Etsy shop, um, let, shoot us a little note in your in your order and let us know that you're a listener and we will include a little Horn and uh, Cauldron podcast sticker. Yeah, yeah. We'll throw in some uh, some podcast stickers for you just for uh, just for being a fan. Yeah. And uh, if you want the Book of Shadows page for this or any of our other episodes, join our Patreon. We have a Horn and Cauldron podcast here for that. We also have a lower tier for just Nerd Jive fans if you just want to, like, get that stuff. Or, um, and, or, and. And we have uh, stakeholders uh, tier for all them delicious steaks mm -hmm. because of how steaky it is. And, uh, yeah, you get to hang out for our once-a-month barbecue hangout where we just, uh, where we, we just chat on like yeah. a Zoom call yeah, we or just whatever, hang out for Discord chat hours. and just talk hang out for a couple stuff, hours talk and talk whatever stuff. and yeah, just sometimes we talk about the news. So those are always fun and, and thank you uh, to those who participate. Yeah, uh, we those also are have always a super fun. Uh, Discord on our Patreon yeah. too that is pretty active and yeah. we talk witchy stuff and also real life yeah. stuff. More more direct contact with us about that. But so yeah, either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn and Podcast. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Uh, stay magical, folks. Yeah, and don't forget, breathe in self-confidence, breathe out self-doubt. Same.